it's a horrible thing because you can't have the seller in control of when you want to close. The golden rule is whoever has the gold makes the rules, but in this case, the seller will always try to make those rules unless an impasse is really reached. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey everyone, welcome back to hopefully a super duper awesome episode where we're joined today with uh, Frank Galuccio and Gabriel Araish. And of course, my name is Marco Kozlowski your semi-fearless leader as we go through the journey of using other people's money, OPM, to build our wealth, our passive income, and create generational wealth, not only for ourselves, but our family and our children's 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 grandchildren's grandchildren, and so on and so forth. And very exciting times, very, uh, very amazing times, in fact. And today we're going to tackle something that is extremely important, at least in the processes that we've created over the last couple of decades, which is an impasse and what happens if you aren't actually at a real impasse. Now, an impasse, if you've not listened to last episodes, I highly recommend that you listen to as many as you can. And through you listening and downloading, we appreciate you bringing us pretty close to the top podcasts in iTunes. So we're very, very grateful for that. And of course, share this if you love the information. Tell as many people as you know, as we want to help as many humans as possible achieve financial independence. So you don't have to work for money. You can actually have money work for you. And today we're going to tackle what happens if you don't get to an impasse when you're presenting an agreement or wanting to move to the next step, which is tying up the property and actually buying it. Most people, when they first get involved in real estate, they want to make an offer and it get accepted, which is the worst thing you can do, in my opinion. A, if you make an offer and they accept it, you pay too much. There's no wiggle room. You want to negotiate the price the best and terms the best way you can. And the way to do that is to create an impasse. And in loosey-goosey terms, an impasse is when they're at their absolute lowest price. They understand that we're able to buy it, but they just want a number that's not going to fit for us. They're clear that we're able to write a check, but just not at their number. And we are now at an impasse. And if you do not create this scenario with a whole lot of other steps that we're not going to get into today, but if you don't have a true impasse, really bad things happen. So I'm joined today with Gabriel and Frank to go over all the things that we see with my followers that are trying to get deals, obviously, as quick as they can. But skip a few steps and try to get a yes way too quickly. They try to rush baking that cake and bad things can happen. It can be a murder scene. Uh, you're, it can be very, very ugly. And we're going to discuss some of those things today. So gentlemen, I'm not sure who, which one of you wants to start, but either of you can. Okay. Well, again, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed doing this with you guys. So uh, you know what? This is a common pitfall that many fall into this trap. And, and I get it. People are anxious. They, they want to get to the end. They want to get to the end of the rainbow, whatever you want to call it. But in doing so, it's like building you know, a house of cards. It's built delicately and just even a little uh, hiff of wind, it's going to fall down on you. So yeah, it's common for many people to be anxious to do that. And not following the process and getting to that, no, you got to almost like build a relationship with either the seller or the agent. And in doing so, there's going to be no's and yeses and no's and there's going to be compromises, but it's a road that has to be taken. Taking that shortcut, Marco, like you said, you have that analogy, you can't rush baking a cake and, and it holds water because I've seen so many do that. And when people do that and they get to the yes right away and they get to 
the paperwork part, the contract part, they get it back with the bloodbath with all these track changes because you know what? That person on the other end, whether it be the seller or the agent, they're not really fearful. They're not really fearful that you're the big wheel that's going to get away. They're not really fearful that you have that dominance. This is what we can do and we can do it within these perimeters. You're showing too much motivation or whatever the case is. Once you come to that pivotal point of the contract is when actually when things really start to heat up, it falls apart because maybe your pan wasn't prepped early on. And that's just using a crappy analogy there, but you have to butter it up or whatever. But that's basically what you got to do in your negotiations. And when you don't, everything comes crashing down. Let me just expand on that for the person that's maybe listening to this for the first time and they don't quite understand what you're alluding to specifically. For example, if you present a contract and we've been saying we want to buy, we want to buy something quickly and we get to a number and they say yes to a number very quickly, but then our due diligence period, for example, might be 30 days instead of the expected 11. And then they start panicking going, hey, wait a second, we agreed on a fast closing. I don't accept a 30-day closing. I don't accept your paperwork. I don't accept you not putting $50,000 up front, even though it's a $80,000 purchase. I want $50,000 now. So the seller is starting to dictate what terms. They're dictating the paperwork. They're dictating when to close, what they're going to pay in closing costs. They're in control the entire time because they feel they're doing you a favor by selling it to you, forgive me, for X, Y, and Z. And that is a definite, absolute terrible thing. It's a horrible thing because you can't have the seller in control of when you want to close. The golden rule is whoever has the gold makes the rules. But in this case, the seller will always try to make those rules unless an impasse is really reached. Hey, Frank, you want to expand on that? Absolutely. Just going back on what you said, uh, just briefly, you have to have, and we don't want to get into this podcast, but I do think we mentioned in, in previous podcasts where there's certain things that we do intentionally. So everything we do and say is intentionally done to get to that impasse. And, and this way, when we reach that pivotal point and we give them the paperwork and the seller does see, Hey man, what's going on? You told me 11 days and now it's 30 days as you alluded to. We can actually justify that by putting in certain steps or intentional steps. Forgive me, intentional steps. So we gear them up and say, yes, we can close in 11. But that was at that price or with those terms. You want more. We're trying to help you out. And that's where the tables turn, Marco. We're trying to help you out. If you want more, we can help you out. But it's got to be this way. If you don't want that, no problem. No sweat. We're not your buyers. And that's the attitude you got to have going forward. Because then when you do get the paperwork, they got to be a little bit fearful. They got to be a little bit scared uh, that you're going to leave. You know what? I don't want to deal with this. We'll go park our money somewhere else. And that's exactly what's missing. So those ingredients. So add the half cup of a teaspoon of, of whatever brown sugar. That's all the little things that make the cake tasty and delicious. Just to add to that, rushing baking a cake, if you look at it literally and fixing a cake that is already cooked is terribly difficult. It, it's just practically impossible. It's doable, but it's a lot more work than if you had done it right from the get-go. So it's fairly simple. It's either you get to an impasse the right way and not too quickly so that you can have an easier time at the back end of the deal where you get into the paperwork and you get that done fairly quickly because at this point you have all the ingredients necessary for the seller agent to understand that if they don't get things done the way you need them to get done, they're going to lose you. It's a lot easier that way because if it comes too fast, it's going to be a nightmare afterwards. I really want to focus on that because, again, for the listener for that's maybe experiencing us for the first time, 
most want to get to a yes as quickly as possible. And by doing that, the seller will maintain control because they feel they have control over whatever the process is or the agent will feel that they're in control of paperwork, closing uh, time, earnest money deposit, refundable, not refundable, all the terms that are possible within the agreement. By us creating an impasse, which is us doing the seller a favor by going to whatever number, terms, solution that we've created to help the seller get through this closing because they need a certain amount of cash, they need debt relief, they need whatever it is that we've discovered through the gap compression phase and now we're at an impasse where we know what they need and we're clear on that and we're creating a solution for them. If we don't have that impasse that, hey, we're ready to walk, we're ready to walk right now and we can give you what you're looking for, but we have to do it this way. And that gives us the power again to move on through paperwork that is designed really to protect us. We want to use our own paperwork, which I'm not sure if we've discussed in previous episodes. We've done so many, but I think we have. So just to circle back on what Gabriel and Frank just said, the impasse gives us power and it puts the seller in a position where they're being helped versus them helping us. And we can walk away from the store whenever we choose. Hey, you want to use your paperwork? No problem. We're trying to do you a favor by giving you XYZ terms. We're just going to go. And if you want our money, you're going to do it our way. And this comes back to the whole point of being married to the process and not to the result or divorced from the result. You can't be afraid of walking away. And sometimes that's what has to be done if you, I guess you get into the impasse wrong or too quickly or you don't get there at all before you get to a yes. And, and so we have examples of many individuals doing that where we have to kind of step in and say, you know what, at this point, you have to start giving them ultimatums where I've had, you know, one student come back with, they sent the agreement, but then the seller sent back a totally different agreement that they had rewritten. And it's like, that's even worse than getting a bloodbath on your own agreement. That's basically, I'm not reading your stuff. Here's mine. And this is what you're going to do. So they're telling basically the student here that they're in charge. Again, it's going to be, it's doable, but it's a lot more complicated. There's a lot more hoops to jump through and it's not a fun process. That's a symptom of not having the proper impasse. Agreed. Because if a seller felt that we were really trying to help them, as soon as they get the paperwork, generally they sign it and send it back because they're terrified to lose us because we've constantly left the conversation. We've left the store, we've left the market, whatever visual you want to use, but it's just like going to a bazaar and you talk about price, you're not happy, you leave. Then you come back, you talk about price, you leave again. So they know that you're ready to leave at any moment and... Now you're in a position where you've agreed on price and possibly terms, and they just don't want to lose that business. They don't want to lose the opportunity to actually get you to buy it. So it really, any pushbacks, like what Gabriel just said, Frank, I'm sure you have another example of a symptom of an impasse not being built properly. Well, listen, I went through this myself when I first started venturing into real estate several years ago where I was anxious and I don't want to say bending over, but I was motivated. I was the one that was motivated. I wanted the deal. So I was jumping over hurdles to get that deal past the finish line. And you know what? Sadly, out of all the ones that I had, none of them closed. The, the symptom and the end result of you trying to build that relationship with that sprinkle of dominance, having those ingredients in there, necessity ingredients in there. I did it with my, actually, you know, I, the ones that I did successfully are the ones that I, what I used and, and did it slowly. My best deals actually came after 
leaving like, the store. <laughs> well, well, leaving the store. Like, the first major deal I got was six months going back and forth, leaving the store, coming back, leaving, coming back, setting my expectations, putting down my brown sugar on the table. Says I'll do it, but we're gonna have to add this and this, and coming back with sprinkles. We're gonna have to add the sprinkles on that. So that was a six month ordeal. I'm not saying everything's gonna take six months. And then my other one took three months, but these are for larger deals. And three months is not a big, is not a long time period going back and forth with the seller or the agent. But the ones that I tried to rush, and these were the smaller deals, they broke down, they crashed. They didn't get to where I had to get it to, which was the closing table because of that reason. Lesson Maybe learned. I can add, sorry, I just want to add that on the flip side, just to show the other side of the metal, if we will. I've had students who have reached the impasse so perfectly that they've had their scent agreement signed and sent back within an hour. And that tells me at least that the seller probably hasn't even read the agreement. They just signed off because they were so scared that if they didn't sign this right away, the person might not buy it. And I remember even the student just coming back, say, I already got it when they were asking me all these ifs and buts questions, because that's always the case. So what happens if they don't sign it? Or when should I follow up when before they even sent it? But they got it back before they can even do all these ifs and buts. So that's another sign that the impasse was reached correctly. So if you work on your impasse, compressing gap to get to an impasse, and you take the time that it takes to do that properly, you have almost no pushback once you get to the agreement and you can get to closing very quickly at a really good price, a really good deal, really good terms that are extremely favorable to you. So which direction would you want to go into? Make an offer and then struggle to actually get to closing and it never close, which is most likely going to happen? And probably not the best deal that you could have had anyway, where the seller is really dominating the conversation or the agent telling you what to do, how to do it in order to do things in, or build impasses with a hundred leads at the same time, because that's technically what we do. We have at least a hundred assets that we're negotiating with at the same time, compressing the gap to the best possible price we can. We cherry pick the one that we want the most, create that impasse create a solution as to how we can actually help the seller through terms, through longer closing periods, through whatever creative solutions we can come up with, then immediately sign it and then us have an asset that will be A, at the right price, at the right terms, that will take care of you for and your family and their family's family's family for the rest of your life. So building impasses properly is really one of the secret sauces to my system. And if you do that well, you're going to make a fortune and you can monetize impasses so many different ways. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you both gentlemen and thank you the listener. Again, if you love this, please comment. We're always uh, excited to hear your comments and helping us make this the best podcast ever in the world, in the universe. And gentlemen, again, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you both. Thank you so much. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.